Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. As promised, we've got a lot to run through today, and I think you're going to like it all. Buckle up. Quick shout out to our Tier 3 patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. Incredible news on poverty, the most comprehensive analysis yet of pandemic relief measures, has poverty in America dropping by 45% from 2018 levels. That is 20 million fewer people in poverty, and it happened during a pandemic, when many people were forced into unemployment. How did this miraculous drop in poverty occur? Federal cash relief, the expanded UI, food stamps, and stimulus checks have pushed poverty to its lowest ratio in history, proving beyond a doubt that we can eliminate poverty if we choose to. They found the unconditional cash of checks to have the largest effect, by the way, pulling 12.5 million people out of poverty versus 8 million from SNAP and 7 million from UI. Every age and race demographic has seen a vast drop in poverty, with Hispanics and African Americans improving the most. These relief benefits are all temporary, and those that haven't already ended are ending soon, as well as the eviction moratorium in just a couple of days. It's time to follow the evidence and implement a permanent UBI to eliminate poverty once and for all. To that end, a recent report in the Journal of Policy Practice and Research provides a great collection of polling data on UBI, showing support for it among age, sex, and ideological demographics, as well as the primary ideological reasons for opposing it. In short, the primary resistant demographics to UBI are elderly, white, non-poor, and Republican. Resistant ideologies are the disproven beliefs that UBI would make people lazy, that everyone except who is being asked to force would waste the money on vices and frivolities, that it would create dependency and leave hard workers to shoulder the burden of the lazy, and that those who are suffering deserve it, basically meritocracy. Probably none of these are a surprise to you, but it's good to have some evidence for them so that we know what to prepare for with our arguments and outreach. Furthermore, a recent study experimented with presenting UBI in different ways to test what would be most appealing, basically a more scientific focus group. They randomly assigned 642 U.S. adults to read about UBI with either unadorned facts describing the policy or adding one or two framings to it, either freedom, anti-bureaucracy, and efficiency, or protecting the vulnerable. Unsurprisingly, they found the freedom narrative by far the most popular with conservatives. Liberals slightly favored the security framing. As we've discussed, political parties tend to prioritize different values. Specifically, the freedom narrative read as follows, quote, Freedom is an important value for Americans. Technological innovations have brought life-enhancing products and great prosperity to our nation. However, the tax revenue from this growth is not efficiently spent. Often the government spends on big programs that intend to help people but aren't what people need or want. The goal of this financial freedom policy is to get the government out of deciding what services are available to people and instead enable individuals to decide for themselves how to best meet their own needs. These policies have been proven effective in helping individuals have greater autonomy in their decisions and in their lives. End quote. Freedom has always been the core of UBI to me. It's freedom from economic exploitation, from scarcity, from paternalistic bureaucracy, 
freedom to leave bad jobs and pursue good ones, to choose work the market doesn't value, to start a business, to pursue innovative ideas, to be a capitalist, in short, to pursue a life of my choosing. That's what we all ultimately want, which is why it's a presentation that speaks to everyone. Take this into account when you communicate about UBI. In the democracy space, there's a federal bill likely to be introduced later this year that you should keep an eye out for. The Voter Choice Act would provide resources to help states and cities that want to adopt ranked choice voting by covering 50% of the cost of transitioning and offering guidance, similar to the RCV provision in the For the People Act. This would reduce the financial barrier to better elections. I'll do my best to report when it's introduced, but it's not too early to ask your representative to be the one to introduce it. Big news for the 32-hour workweek movement, U.S. Representative Mark Takano has introduced a bill to reduce the standard workweek to 32 hours by lowering the maximum threshold for overtime compensation under the Fair Labor Standards Act. He also makes a proper argument for it, which is often not the case even with good policy. He points out it would benefit both employers and employees that trial programs have shown increased productivity, better work-life balance, less need for sick days, higher morale, lower child care expenses, reduced health care premiums for employers, lower operational costs, more jobs, and a positive environmental impact. I'm honestly surprised but pleased to see this bill in the U.S., though certainly it's past time to do it when all the evidence is pointing to our current policy of 40 hours a week overworking people, basically wasting their lives for worse results than working less. The Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors have unanimously approved yet another basic income pilot. This one seems to be part of the new statewide funding for youths and will cover 150 young adults aged 18 to 24 with $1,000 a month and another $200 in CalFresh food benefits, lasting for about three years. About a third of those eligible are homeless. Job placement assistance and encouragement to utilize other employment, apprenticeship, and entrepreneurship resources will also be provided. County officials must submit a detailed plan within 45 days. And finally, I forgot to include in the last episode that the wait is over for the next installment of Yang Books. Almost. Andrew's new book, Forward, is basically about what he learned from his presidential run and how we can go about reforming our system of democracy for true representative government. It will be released October 5th, but you can pre-order it now. Scott and some others who received advanced copies have written reviews that you can check out in the link below. No doubt Forward will make its way into many Christmas stockings. Lone Star Fay on Twitter also had a great recommendation. She said that she will be asking her local library to procure a copy. Great idea. Let's all put in that request so we can get more people informed about the mechanisms that are barring the will of the American people. And don't forget that Scott has a book list if you get a hankering for more UBI. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the poverty decline, UBI polls, UBI framing, Voter Choice Act, 32-hour bill, LA Basic Income, and Yang's book, Flood Congress with Calls, Tweets, Faxes, and Letters Using the Resist Bot or Income Movement Easy Contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way, and don't forget to Yang Daily.